I'm Danny Hicks. Welcome to the Not-So-Secret Agent Podcast, where we learn from top real estate agents how they maintain a thriving business all while living the good life. Welcome to the Not-So-Secret Agent Podcast. I'm here with Heather Roxborough, who I met over in Arizona at the Peak Experience. Um, thanks for so much for doing the show, Heather. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. Absolutely. Um, so, for those of you that don't know who you are, tell me a little bit about who you are and how you got into real estate and kind of where you are in your business now. Yeah. So as you said, Heather, it's Heather Roxburgh. So I'll just pronounce my I name properly. Apologies. It, most people botch it. So I forgive you. I, I never usually correct people, but since we're on a podcast, I will. That's fair. <laughs> but um, I'm in Salt Lake City, Utah. Um, I've been doing real estate for over 17 years. And um, Prior to that, I worked in a police department and I was a social worker and I worked with victims of violent crime. So I did that for a long time and started to get a little bit burned out and um, politics and police departments can get a little bit tricky. And so I was just ready for a career change and accidentally landed in real estate. It was not a planned endeavor by any means, but um, I was doing a little flipping and investing and thought it would be a good idea to get my real estate license so I could buy my own properties, which never really works out that way. And then once I got my license, um, I signed on at a REMAX brokerage and was really fortunate to um, take 100 Days to Greatness right out of the gate because they didn't have any training for me. And it was like pre-recession, so um, they didn't have time for me either. So I um, went through 100 Days to Greatness and thought, well, I'm in a police department and there's 50 people here. I can go and I can get referrals out of them. And so that's how my little business began. Um, my first year, I did about 30 transactions, and I did most of them just by referral from police officers and just the people I knew. I'm not. I'm from Utah. I was uh, born and raised down in southern Utah, down near like St. George, and um, moved to Salt Lake about 28 years ago. But back then, I really didn't know many, many people other than in my in my profession. So that's how I got started. Totally accident. Um, worked my full-time job for a while and had to make a choice because I couldn't manage both. And I realized there was a lot of opportunity in real estate and I loved it and I was good at it. So that's that. And here I am 17 I years later. Say, so. I, <clears throat> I know like I started as a part-time agent and I held on way too long, you know, just to get that confidence yeah. to, to jump out there and do it. That's awesome that you were kind of saw the writing on the wall and said, look, I'm good at this and let's, let's get it done. Uh, that's always very cool. I'm kind of a planner too. Like I had to like save my first year salary to do it because I, I don't like the thought of like not having income coming in and I didn't really have an option. So I sort of very strategically planned it out, but um, was very fortunate that I did a lot of business out of the gate. And so it gave me the confidence to know that no matter what I could make it. So it was actually a huge blessing to get into the business when I did, because I didn't know what I didn't know. And I didn't know we were in a hot market. So when we went into the recession, I didn't even phase my business and I actually grew it pretty exponentially over those years. So yeah, it's been a journey. Yeah. It always helps when you don't know that you're supposed to be in trouble. You know what I mean? You, you just keep, you just keep going yep. because you're like, no, this is what I do. And so like, yeah. <clears throat> you don't realize. So, so why are you doing what you're doing? So I know in the beginning it was probably, Hey, look, I'm getting away from the politics, some of that stuff, getting away from that job, getting burned out on that one. But like, as seasons in our business change, so do our why. So does our why. So what would you think? Why do you think you're doing it now? Well, um, I love people, honestly, and I know a lot of people probably say that, but I think my favorite part about the real estate business is that it's never the same thing. It changes every single day. Um, it brings a lot of challenges and I like to solve problems and I'm good at that. And so 
I thrive in that environment. Um, that's why I, you know, did well even when I was a social worker at the police department. Just the problems and issues I had to um, face and and help people with and to get through. And I also have a team, and I love mentoring my agents and watching new agents come in and really grow and blossom in the business, um, and just giving my guidance to them. Um, and you know, I have great—I um, don't want to call them employees because I—I look at them as so much more. But like my success team, my um, admin—they're amazing, and I love to also um, give them a great place to work and and watch them grow alongside me. I'm a big growth person. That's probably my number one attribute in my profile is just I'm always wanting to do better and grow. And I think real estate's a really great platform to just be able to touch people's lives and be part of their lives through good and bad and exciting times and rough times. And, you know, it's always a challenge. So that's why I love the business so much and can't really see myself not doing it. So it's pretty fun every day. So you mentioned your team. So who is on the success team? What, what does this team look like? So I have a full-time transaction manager. She kind of is my office manager too. Um, so she runs things mainly, primarily. And then I have a full-time marketing coordinator and I have um, five agents on my team and then myself. So we're just a small, small and mighty little team. I like it that way. I don't want it to be too big. I feel we have a great culture um, and I, you know, we do, I do well in that environment when there's not too many people. So that's the team. So <clears throat> your marketing coordinator, what, like, what do you use them for? What what type of marketing are they doing? What is what does that look like? Are they doing? She probably has. Uh, she's got a busy job. It's more than full time. <laughs> um, we actually, I'm I'm a co-owner of a marketing company as well. It's called BFX Marketing. And so between my business for the Roxburgh Group and then my marketing company, she does all of our newsletters that go out. She hosts. She puts on our client parties. She does all of our social media. She does our blog. She manages our website. She does. Um, she manages like our client appreciation program, so kind of our wow program, um, house anniversaries, um, pop buys. I think I already mentioned that closing gifts. Just pretty much everything creative that we do in our business, our direct mail. She is the creator of all of that, um, and so we always have a lot of moving pieces going on because uh, you know I always I always try and I tell agents. We're in the business of marketing before we're in the business of sales. The marketing brings the sales. And so we really need to be dialed in in our marketing. If we're going to, if we want it, it depends on what, what you want your business to look mm -hmm. like, right? But if you want to do business at a high level, marketing is going to bring that, is going to generate that for you. So she's got a busy job. She's always moving in and hustling. And I'm always coming up with new things that she needs to implement. So <laughs> that's funny because never ending. We list. definitely talked about that at peak. We were like, all of our assistants are like, sweating bullets because when we get home we're like yep. here are all the new things we're going to be doing like as an agent yep. we drop some definite like chore bombs when we get home um we do and when you're around a whole bunch of other agents and you're getting all their ideas and things that they're doing that is working you want to implement them in your business so i'm i give them all grace and let them make the list and then we prioritize together so but she does a phenomenal job i'm blessed to have her. so basically all your agents what they're doing is is being agents they're selling houses my agents are being agents and we market for them fully so their jobs obviously are to you know lead gen their jobs are to meet face to face with clients open doors go to listing appointments write offers negotiate contracts and go to closings so we make sure that on our team, we are taking all the other things off their plate, everything off their plate so they can go do what they do best. And that's working with clients, which is, so. <clears throat> which is ideal. That, that is a team right there. That's why we do the yeah. team thing. Because if you're a solo agent, it's really, really hard 
to do everything you need to do yeah. and meet with the clients we need to do and, and, and all of those things. Uh, that totally makes sense. And, and I'm kind of structured similarly. Um, and we're yeah. working on getting even further in your direction. Um, so what's working right now with the team? Like, what, what are you guys doing? Is there, I know there's no silver bullet, but you know, what's working? Yeah. I mean, I think with my team and I've had one since I started a team in 2009 and I've done everything wrong and a few things right, right? As I've like worked my way through learning what to do. Back when I started my team, I worked at Remax and they were not pro teams. And so I pretty much had to figure it out on my own. But, you know, I think for us, what's working is um, I do weekly meetings with my agents. So one-on-ones and we have uh, weekly team training every single week at the same time. So all my agents come. I like them to be learning always and improving and I want everybody to be on the same page. Uh, we do a weekly team meeting as well. So we go over numbers, um, what's in the pipeline, what kind of challenges they're facing, you know, and then we talk marketing, you know, is there anything coming up? Are we going to be doing any client events? Um, we do five a year. And so we kind of go from like one event to the next to the mm -hmm. next. And so we're always touching our clients um, through the events, making calls um, and just, you know, just making sure we're in front of people. So, you know, I think for me, it's having the right people on the team too. And it's as a team lead, if you do have a team, it's making sure that you're, um, you're meeting with your agents and you're watching their proactivity versus the, the, um, the business that comes out of that. And just making sure that they're doing what they say they're doing every day. And, you know, I like to, I have a standard on my team. You know, I think it's important that, um, that you do as a team lead, that, you know, there is some type of standard as far as like production and whatnot mm -hmm. goes so that your agents are actually making money. So if someone's not thriving with me, then I want to help them um, thrive on their own or thrive with a different team. So it's important that um, for my culture as well, that everybody is rowing at the same speed and they're rowing on the boat, mm -hmm. right? Um, I've definitely had the agents on my team that have caused a lot of toxicness. And so getting them out fast is really, really important because it can bring everybody down. The success team doesn't like it either when they have to work with agents that are not, you know, pulling their weight and, you know, and it frustrates other agents. So I think those are the things that work the best for me and just making sure I have the right cultural fit. And that means going through the right process when I'm bringing an agent on my team and not just saying, oh, you want to be an agent, come join my team. I don't, I don't like to operate that way. I put them through a process we interview them several times. We make sure they really understand what they're signing up for, what our expectations are. And then we decide if we're going to bring them on. So not everybody gets to join just because they, they say, I want to be on the team. And I think a lot of team leads do bring on agents and, you know, just hope they can train them up. And I want to bring on agents that I know I can train up because otherwise I'm failing too. Right. So. Cause you're, you're invested in their success. If you're going to sit there with them every week, once a week, and you've gotten the team small enough that you're really intimately working on their goals yeah. and their business and that sort of thing. Yeah. It would be a total failure to sit there and go, well, you're not really getting it done. But, and, and usually when you do that, like I found with my team, they know they're not succeeding. They know that they're not hitting yeah. the standards. It's not even that tough of a conversation. You're you, what's going on. And they're like, well, I didn't do what you told me to do. We've solved the problem. Yeah. Okay. Next week. Yeah. Okay. It's the same thing maybe there's another team yeah. that, that would work better. You know what I mean? Like for sure. Yeah. And if you have a good onboarding process, we do mm -hmm. like a 30, 60, 90. And so as we go through the 30 days, 60 days, get to the 90, we are going to know by the time we get to the three months, if they're going to work out on our team or not, if they're not turning in lists like they're supposed to and showing up for trainings and just following the process, then they're not going to do what we need them to do once they do actually like officially join the team. I have a kind of a probationary period. So 
I don't put anybody on my marketing. I don't announce them on my team until they get through that mm -hmm. 90 days so that I'm not looking like I'm constantly having team members coming and going. Not that I have that many, but I also don't want to portray that to my, to my database right. either, you know? So they've got to get past 90 days, the dress rehearsal, and then they get to be officially on the team. So <laughs> during the 90 days, they've got business cards with their, with the branding and all that stuff. Yeah. If they list something, it's going to hang your sign, all of that. So, I mean, they're pretty yeah. much an agency. They're just not adding them to the, to the, the official end. We're not marketing them. Yeah, like marketing them on our social, putting them on our postcards, things like that, until they hit that 90 days. So, um, you know, so we have to, they have to get through that process. But most do, fortunately. Because you know, but the, when, but the thing is, is Cassie, my transaction manager, she does all the onboarding. And so to take her, take her away from what, what she needs to be doing to onboard someone, I need to make sure that I've really vetted them before I bring them in because again, it's hours that she's, you know, working with that person too. It's not just my time, it's hers. Mm -hmm. And so we're just really careful with that. Yeah. It sounds like you pre-select before they get anywhere near the 30 days. So, I mean, most people are going to make it because you made the right choice. And if for some reason, yeah. you know, something slipped by, you have 90 days to catch that before they really become part yep. of the team and that, you know, affects everything. That's, it's funny because it doesn't matter what profession we're in. Every profession that's on a high level says things like that. Like Nick Saban's famous for yeah. high achievers don't like being around non-high achievers. So having one non-high yeah. achiever affects everybody. It's like getting the right people on the bus and in the right seats and getting the wrong people off the bus. Which A players don't want to work with B and C players. They don't. And neither do I. Well, so. that's, that's because you're an A player. <laughs> that's Exactly. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, I don't think that's a secret. Let's like I, I, <laughs> you got to be surrounded by the best because your team is ultimately going to lift you up like, you know, and you've got to set expectations for them because people will rise to the level of expectation that you set for them. And that came right out of peak. I love that. That was one of the quotes that came out of peak. Yeah, that, that was <clears throat> that was a great event. Um, and we'll, we'll get into some of that. But I definitely wanted to touch on a few more things before we got there, because there is so much to unpack from peak. Peak was really that was my first one. So Phenomenal. Uh, I'm definitely on sensory oh, overload. Yeah, that's right. right. I'm, I'm the little baby agent that you guys uh, put up with. You're like, well, that was my like 11th week. Right. So right. you guys are like, good job. Come here, kid. We like you. No, it's good that you made it. It all start. It, you have to start somewhere. That's true. You can't so, hit 11 without the first forever. one, right? Exactly. So you mentioned the team and kind of what they do. Are you still in production? Are you still doing listings, buying, yeah. all that stuff? I do. Um, I do not. Yes, I am. I'm still in production. I do all my own listings. Um, my team members also take listings, but if it's like my referral or past client, then I will list the home. When it comes to buyers, I'm super selective about who I work with and I have kind of a criteria. So they need to be like sort of close to my area because I don't really have time to be driving a far mm -hmm. distance and we cover a pretty, um, a pretty large distance in Northern Utah. Um, and I also have a showing assistant, so um, I'm rarely out like opening doors unless it's a really special client that I'm actually taking out myself. But um, I have the showing assistant, so she basically opens doors, attends inspections for me, um, goes and gets keys. She comes to the closing and I negotiate the contract, um, put them under pending and then negotiate any repairs and just get them from contract to close. Mm -hmm. So it works out really well for me. Um, I still like being in production, not a ton. I, you know, I'm really careful about capacity. Mm -hmm. So I know when I need to t pass them off to a team member, or I know when I have enough capacity to keep a buyer or two, but mostly listings. So when you're doing the buyer's assistant, what, 
so they're just popping doors and kind of handling that mm -hmm. sort of piece of it. Uh, you're still doing all negotiations. It's still, they're working with you. Uh, in, I mean, this market's a little hard to do that, but if it goes under contract, do you, you go and see the property or you've never seen it just, mm -mm. just kind of roll from there? Nope. No, once they find one they like, like I'll comp it out and make sure that, you know, the comps that the, I do the negotiations, right? So I'm going to make sure that the price we're going to offer is the right price and whatnot. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't see the house unless they ask me to like, would you, you know, we really, it's important for us to have you come and have eyes on the property then I will. Uh, but typically they, they, they don't. Um, I still like do a lot of listing alert screenings and send them properties. And so does my showing assistant. So we both kind of do it. We watch for them. I kind of like her to do that a little bit more because that takes a lot of time every day mm -hmm. too. Um, but for the most part, I she I don't typically see it, so she takes them all the way through as far as that goes, and then I just do the, you know, the negotiations. I write the offer, um, handle any inspections, and then you know my transaction manager does the transaction coordination for it, and I show up at closing. So, compensation wise, and this is more because I'm structuring and building and that sort of thing. Yeah. What are you doing with with the buyer's assistant? I'm assuming they sell some real estate aside from just being your buyer, your showing agent. Yeah. Yeah. So my showing assistant, actually, I will say one thing if you're looking at structuring that way, like new agents that come on a team, it, being a showing assistant is a really phenomenal way for them to get trained. Mm -hmm. And I've had a massive amount of success with new agents doing it that way because they're working directly with me. I'm giving them all the advice and telling them what they need to be doing, what to say to the buyers how to work with them through the whole process. So sometimes, you know, they close something quickly or sometimes it takes a few mm -hmm. months, but um, the showing assistant model is really good for new agents. And the way that I structure it is I pay my showing assistant 15% of the commission on any transaction that we close that she is the showing agent on. But when she commits to being the showing agent, then she commits to opening all the doors. So like, I'm not, I'm not doing it here and there unless she's out of town or something. Right. She fully takes that on as her responsibility um, and it's a good way for a new agent also when they're coming into the business and they don't really have a pipeline, it's a good way for them to make a little bit of an right. income, you know, because I could close four or five, six buyers in a month easy because I'm not taking them out and looking. And that's a nice little chunk of money. We have a, a nice price point here. So for the showing assistant to make a decent amount of money, and then they're learning how to work with buyers. So it's kind of a win-win. Um, I've found some of my best agents have been my showing assistants before they've gone on to be just a full-time buyer's agent, not doing showings for me anymore. Yeah, they kind of graduate out of that. And by then they should, mm -hmm. you know, trial by fire. You'll yeah. know if they're wrong. Yeah. Like you'll, because your yeah. clients will tell. Well, I'll know right away if they're working with my clients, right. if they're going to be good or not, if they're going to make it. Well, that's what I mean. <laughs> so, your clients, yeah. and we get really, you know, during a transaction, you're like, it's their spouse and then you. That's, they'll answer your phone yeah. call every time. So you get really tight yeah. with them and you really, they are not afraid to tell us what's going on. Like it's, it's definitely yeah. overseeing some of that stuff. Um, what's one tip you'd give somebody working the system like in this market? Because it, it is a crazy market. It, it's this whole year is like waves of business. If you took the wrong two weeks off, yeah. your year's shot because it's been like, it sell. oh no, we're going to sit around, yeah. sell, sit around. Yeah. Yeah. So my biggest advice would be, um, how do I say this? Um, when I got in the business, I'm just going to use myself as an example. I had to sell my goal. I didn't have to, but my goal was to sell four houses a month, no matter what. So I knew in order for me to stay consistent, cause I don't like the mm -hmm. roller coaster income and I just, I hate it. And I really have never like, other than like seasonality times where our market just slows because you know, it's 10 feet of snow outside or whatever. Um, 
I've always been very consistent with hitting my number, but it's, but the only way I've been able to do that is I always make sure I'm doing lead gen, no matter what, because we are in the most reactive business. I think that other than probably being like an EMT or in the ER that exists on this planet, there's always things that can take our time always. And if we let those things derail us because we don't want to do proactivity, then you're going to have ebbs and flows in your business and it's not going to be consistent. So I think um, consistency is my number one, my number one thing um, when I bring new agents on the team, especially if they're, or even if they're seasoned agents, if they're working like five or six deals that they have pending, I always remind them every day, don't forget about your lead gen because you're going to close all these deals and you're going to have nothing. So that's why it's good to be on a team like this because I'm reminding them every day, like you have to carve out the time and I'm really intentional about like following the calendar. So my agents have to send me, actually they have to send me a screenshot of their calendar each week and the goals that they've set for the week. And so holding them accountable to those and making sure that they're, you know, finding the time to fit in their activities is it's essential. And it's very easy not to do it, especially, you know, if you're a home agent or you have little ones, you know, it's easy to get caught up in the, in the, in the weeds, I call it, you know, it's like the, the tasks that we do that don't move the needle forward in our business, Mm -hmm. but you're not going to hit your goals. So just every day, every day, every day, you got a lead gen, whatever that looks like. Right. So whatever your lead gen is. Yeah. I was going to say, I mean, I find the results come in waves. Lead gen is not, it's mandatory. Like we can try. Like I'm segueing to a little bit more marketing. Uh, you know, I still do my calls yeah. and notes and Popeyes and all that stuff because I'm scared not to. Um, but you 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 do that yeah. and then, you know, Coach Grace, who was on the show earlier, I can do anything else I want to do, anything else, but I still have to do, you have to stay steady with Legion. And the way we have it structured, you have to do this yeah. in a week, not that day, not that hour, but by the end of the week. Yeah. And for me, if you don't want to work the weekend, get it done during the week. And if otherwise, it sounds like yeah, you're working exactly. weekends, you know, like there's not a choice. Yeah. Um, very cool. Because I think I think that is very, uh, no matter what you're doing lead gen wise, that that's never going to change. Consistency is everything in our business. It is. Uh, what other processes? It's everything. And it's, and it's a lot of what agents don't do. Right. They just don't. Which is why we're They're able very to, inconsistent. you know what I mean? Like. Mm-hmm. It, it, you know, the consistency is, is really the main characteristic you need to be successful in this business. It will set you apart. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, talking about systems and that sort of thing, you mentioned the marketing company. I definitely want to get into that. Um, so so let's, let's, let's just dive right into there. What does your marketing look like? You mentioned you're not really doing the calls anymore um, as much. Yeah. One-to-one anyway. Yeah, so... The way, um, so my team members, so we do the five parties a year. So all of our calls kind of are, we may make them around the, the parties. Mm-hmm. I've always, for me personally, like I don't have time to do pop buys. So I like the parties. That's my reverse pop mm-hmm. buy, bringing everyone to me. So I get to see people and our parties are really large. So even if I don't get to have a face to face, they still, they show up, they get the invite, they know I'm there. So the parties are a really great way to bring a lot of people together and, um, and just save you, you a lot of time. But as far as marketing goes, about um, I hired my first marketing coordinator in 2010, and um, immediately got her doing. Essentially, we we kind of have a marketing. We have marketing pillars, so we have social media. Obviously, we're on. We do a couple of newsletters a month to our database, and then I also have a large, large out-of-state agent database, which I market very heavily to. So I do a huge relocation business. So if anybody has anyone moving to Salt Lake City, send them my way. Um, big relocation business. So market to real estate agents. So we, we do three newsletters a month and that includes to agents. 
Uh, we do a blog. We do a lot of videos. So a couple of video scripts that kind of go along with the theme of our um, direct mail campaign and then the blog. We have um, we do direct mail. And I think a lot of agents don't do that to save money. But it is a place where like you, your clients can't unsubscribe. Like you go in their mailbox and they have to see you. So they have to open their mail. And so direct mail, I think is just a lost, people have lost uh, focus on that and they need to bring that back so a little bit. Direct mail. Um, so we have the direct I just want to ask. Yeah. So you're not talking about just the newsletters because you, you send three of those a month, but you're doing additional direct mail, yep. like kind of just listed. So newsletters are email. Right. Yeah, newsletters are email newsletters. And then the direct mail we do a postcard. So our postcards are like really fun and witty. Um, they are like themed. And so all my team members are on the postcard and we kind of like, we do, we just did one. I wish I don't have one I could show you, but um, our last postcard, we kind of based it on the movie, Get Smart. So it was get smart and work with a pro. So like our, my, I, my marketing coordinator is photographer. So she is able to take pictures of all of us and crop them all out. And she made us like secret agents. So everything we do is just really fun and witty. Our clients love it. So it's, and we send, we do a postcard every single month. Um, like in the month of um, August, it'll be about getting homeschooled. And so it might be like, let us homeschool on, homeschool you on new construction or something. So we kind of theme it based on like seasons mm -hmm. as well. Um, February, we say showers with love and we're all standing under umbrellas and it's raining hearts, you know? So just really fun. I have a lot of fun with the postcards. Um, but the beauty with doing postcards is your face is on everything that you do. And so I tell my clients when they meet me, like, even if you want to forget me, it's impossible because you never will be able to, like, I'm going to be in your mailbox, in your email, on your social, in your text message every single month. And it's, it's actually getting, hitting your clients in all different platforms mm -hmm. because they're all over, like, you know, a lot of people rely on email well you're going into spam a lot of times not even on purpose sometimes just accidentally and people have tens of thousands of emails in their inbox yeah. they're not checking that as frequently right so you've got to have other avenues and sources to get them so um the postcards are really fun i think i covered did i cover them all newsletters social blog postcard video yeah i covered them all i think yeah yeah so the marketing suite is essentially that so um it's, um, I am a co-owner of that, the company with a partner mm -hmm. of mine, and we created this last year. She's a marketing consultant and she works with a lot of agents and she does, um, she does their personal consulting or does their personal marketing, but it's pretty expensive. If an agent just wanted to go hire a marketing consultant, it could range you anywhere from 3000 to 5,000 a month. So it's kind of pricey mm -hmm. to do that. Um, we created the marketing suite just because there's such a huge need for, um, agents that just don't consistently market their businesses. And don't even, I mean, it's very creative. And so coming up with new things every single day and every single month, it gets hard. You know, I luckily have a team around me um, between the, my partners in the marketing company and then my own team where we get together and we strategize and brainstorm like fun, creative, different marketing um, that we can do each month because it's got to change and it's got to be relevant and be different. So, um, so we created that for real estate agents. It's really um, cost effective and it's very um, creative, it's customizable, and it's really personable. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what makes it, it sets it apart and makes it a little bit unique and different from a lot of other platforms where like you can call, go and maybe like paperless post and you can copy and paste or, you know, and, and, and put content like that out there. But this is very, I mean, your face, I always say put a face to your business. It's so important that people are always seeing your face. And that gets the most engagement anyways is when people see your face. That's what they want to see because they love you, right? 
They look, well, I mean, if you do a good job, then people are going to love you as their real friend. I was right? going to say, hopefully. So, my, my clients are very, then, very loyal to the point. Uh, that's a yeah. conversation. Well, and then they, yeah, they're always thinking about you. I mean, every single month, my clients open the mail and there's my postcard and then they go, Heather is so goofy and they laugh because again, they're, they're not like, they're very professionally well-made. They always have a great call to action on them, but they're fun, you know? And so it gives my business a little bit of personality too. And so, you know, I just had a, I had an email from a lady today that said, Hey, you sold me a house 11 years ago and we're ready to sell it. And I called her up and I'm like, long time, no talk. It's been 11 years. I mean, she hasn't come to anything, but we keep in touch with her. But she knew to call me 11 years later. She gets everything I send out, you know, so she's not going to forget me. Well, And I'm going to be her agent when she sells again. I was going to say, if you do a good job, there's some people that are just busy yeah. and that's not their thing. Yep. They've got some other stuff yep. going on. You did a good job. I'm going to call you back if I remember you. And you're, what you're doing yep. is staying in front of them, which is what everything's about. I, I was laughing to myself as you talked about the customization of your marketing. So you don't just send the Buffini item of value exactly like it's. I, I have I have no. realtors who send it to me, like literally other realtors. Oh, I get it every yes. time. <laughs> like from Brian and then yeah. from a few other agents, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. Which I think yeah. is very funny because I'm like, save your 50 cents. Like I have it. I know. Don't mail it to me, please. Send it to somebody else. It's all good. I have them in the blue box and I have lots of them. But yeah, I think, I mean, with marketing, I think marketing, again, it's something I'm extremely passionate about. And I didn't know I was until I got into real estate. And then when I really figured out that marketing is where it's at was when I hired a person to do my marketing. And it was just consistently going out on all platforms. And the response that I got was, it's insane. I mean, I sell a lot of houses and I'm not making phone calls every day. It's, I'm doing a really great job touching my clients, like people have 36 touches. I probably have a hundred touches in a year, you know, between my agents are always calling through the database. We're holding all these parties. Um, we do big events, small events. So we really, really mix it up and, and, um, we just make it the business all about the clients. So, um, then they get to cherry pick which events they want to come to some, they can, some right. they can't, but I mean, I've got a very large, very loyal following of clients and I, we get a lot of referrals. So, it's through the marketing efforts that we do. And it's a good way to, it's a good way to attract agents to your team too. If you've got a good marketing platform, because I have something additional to offer to them. Like, look, I'm going to market your business and help you build a business within my business, because ultimately that's what I want for them um, is to be able to feel like they have some, um, some uh, what's the word, just some individuality in my business. So Heather Roxburgh, the Roxburgh group, isn't like me, my face. It's my team around mm -hmm. me. And to me, when, when we're all cohesively doing things together and we get client, we get reviews from our clients and they talk about the entire experience from like me onboarding them to me showing them houses, who's my showing assistant to Cassie taking over the transaction to, you know, getting the keys at closing from Mia. Like when we are all mentioned in that client review, then that's the biggest success I could ever have. I don't ever want it to be just about me because it's not. And, and I think if you're a team lead too, and you're trying to even get out of production a little bit, having, having some really good marketing that highlights and features your agents too. Cause a lot of times clients will call me and say, Hey, would you be able to have one of your agents show me a house? Cause they don't even expect at this point that it's going to be me. And if I show them, they're like, wow, I had no idea you were still going to be taking people out, you know, because I've been around a long time and they see what I'm doing. And so um, it's a really good way to step out of production a little bit and not have awkwardness, especially with longtime clients who they started with me 17 yeah. years ago. Right. And I've 
they may have done like five or six transactions with me. And now I'm saying, well, you're going to work with Carmen instead. And they're like, okay. Cause ultimately like they don't care if they get me, they care that they get my service and the service that my team offers. And so as long as everyone is again, like really representing me um, and my brand, then, then it all works out really well. So that's why I love about marketing. Yeah. The marketing's there. You're setting expectations, right? So if they, they, they know what to expect, then, then it's as long as, what do they say? Conflict arises when expectations are, aren't met, right? When they're, when they're not aligned. That's so true. So what? Well, and the other thing with marketing is like in this day and age, I feel like clients are moving a little bit less like our actual SOI past clients because they're stuck in these low interest rates and mm -hmm. stuff. And so it's important that you're also growing your database and you're growing your presence. And if you're not consistently marketing and standing out, and doing things a little bit differently than everybody else is doing them, um, you're not gonna you're not gonna be the agent that gets all the as much of the business, right? So, like standing out in today's environment, I think is just it's crucial. And again, if you're gonna do it, be consistent with it because like sending a newsletter out here and then not doing it for four months and then doing it here and then you know just the inconsistency. It just sends a message to people, and they forget about you. I mean, we are in a busy, busy, busy world, and it's easy to be forgotten. And be the realtor where they're like, I can't remember my realtor's name. Like that would be like a horrifying thing for anyone to ever say about me. I, would never allow that to happen. I agree. I would. I, would, I have nightmares about that. And where they're like, What was his name again? You're like, Wait, wait. Every Saturday, I, I saw you. I was there. I you know, right? Me at eleven o'clock at night. <laughs> where they don't even know your phone number. That's what I was right. Yeah. I mean, that's on us. If they're if they forgot us, that's on us. So. I know it is on us. I know how busy you are, so I don't want to take up too much of your time because you've been extremely generous, like you always have been. You know, in the short time we've known each other, you've been super awesome to me for no reason. But I really appreciate that, so I wanted to say thank you for that. Because you're super awesome. And, <laughs> and then I also just wanted to touch on what is your favorite uh, quote? What is your like go-to one that just hits you just right? My favorite quote. I knew you were going to ask me something about that. I I wouldn't even, I don't know if I would even call it a quote. I would probably say, well, actually, I would say my favorite, one of my favorite quotes is um, when your values are clear, your decisions are easy. And I really love that quote is just really knowing like who you are and what your values are, right? And making sure that you're always like staying in alignment with yourself and, and your goals and your core values. But like, I was thinking a lot about that question um, before I jumped on this with you. And when I got into the business, I had a, I actually had three brokers that they co-owned a Remax and I sat down with my broker. His name was Ed Blake. And, and I said, what's the best advice that you could give me, Ed? And he just said, Heather, you just got to fake it till you make it. And I said, oh, okay, I can do that. <laughs> right. And so I think a lot of times, and it's not, it's not faking it in terms of like being dishonest or anything like that. It's like, You've got to, and when you come into this business, you've got to go into it with some level of confidence, right? And it's so easy to get hung up on, like, I don't have a lot of experience, or what if they ask me this question? I don't know the answer. And I mean, anything, anything like that. And I just feel like, I mean, I said, okay, well, I, I know how to be a professional. And so I'm going to show up like one every single day, and people are not going to know any better, right? And I'm going to learn every single thing that I can. And I'm going to do this with like the most integrity and honesty. And if I don't know the answer to a question, I'm going to tell them that. And I'm going to go find the answer. Mm -hmm. And to this day, a lot of times, I mean, yesterday I had a buyer that was buying a house and he texted me, it's supposed to fund yesterday. And he says, is it too late for me to back out? And I was like, yeah, you signed, like, it's going to record in like two hours. So I said, well, yes, you can still back out, but these are the repercussions. But I still said, 
let me check with my, I'm a broker, but I'm like, I'm going to check with my broker broker because I want to make sure that I'm giving you the absolute right advice, right? So there are still times where I don't know all the answers and there will be until the day that I leave this business. But, you know, I think we have a duty to like really show up for our people and be competent because uh, you have to. Competence is everything in this business. If you go in without competence, you will make people very nervous and not be super competent to work with you, right? So I love fake it till you make it, but do it the right way, right? So I mean, it, it's fake it and then go learn it, not continue to fake it, right? Yeah. It's also... No, no, you got to learn it. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's not like we're, we're like, yeah, hey, I'm just, we'll wing this forever. No, it's you're faking it because you didn't know to go learn that yet. And then you go and learn it. And, and the next time they ask you that, you go, well, actually, here's the answer. Because I know that for a fact. Your mission, should you choose to accept it, is to apply this information to your business immediately. This message will not self-destruct in five seconds. Good luck, agents.